0: You are listening to As A Woman, episode 106, starting a podcast. In this episode, I'm talking all about the question I get asked all the time. What do I need to do if I wanna start a podcast? Welcome to As A Woman, the podcast hosted by fertility physician, Dr. Natalie Crawford, to educate and empower women. Each week, learn about your health, your fertility, and how they relate to your true self. Become a part of the community, fostering collaboration over competition while learning how to authentically find your voice and amplify others as a woman. Hey friends, welcome back to the As A Woman podcast. I'm so thrilled to be sitting here because the podcast just hit 1 million downloads. And honestly, this number is blowing my mind. I remember telling all of my friends in 2018 that I wanted to start a podcast. And most of them kind of rolled their eyes and said, oh, sure, Nat, okay, what is it even going to be about? But I was convinced that I wanted to do it. And I just kept thinking about it. And I started researching. And as I learned more about the podcast world, I was convinced that I wanted to do this. I would be lying if I said it was easy. I would be lying if I said there wasn't a huge learning curve because there was. But I feel like I have found something that has really brought a community to me and I'm so thankful for. And now I get asked all the time about other people wanting to start a podcast, which I am, number one, a huge fan of. I actually give talks on social media and patient outreach and education, and I encourage people and places and practices to start podcasts because there's something to be said about making content that is easily accessible, and how people are currently consuming information. If people don't like to read information, or they're overwhelmed when they talk to you, but they enjoy listening to podcasts on walks or while doing errands or doing chores or in the car or commuting, then that can be a really nice way to educate even about things that you're frequently counseling about in your own office. So when I hear other fertility doctors or OBGYNs, and they ask about a podcast, I get so excited if they want to start one because I think it's phenomenal. We're not competing. If our goal is to help people and to educate, the more good content out there, the better. So I'm thrilled about that. A few housekeeping items. Number one, the podcast would not be here without three very crucial people. One is Jason Crawford, my husband, who has helped me acquire all the things I need for the podcast, buy new pieces of furniture, rearrange our house, who is giving me time when I need to record it or work on it, and who always gives me his honest feedback. Number two, Ryan Gray, who is at Instagram at Medical School HQ, has a wonderful podcast and was a huge help to me. When I started this podcast, he gave me so much advice. I would go to him He helped me with equipment to buy and how to set it up and how to edit it. And he even listened to my first couple episodes and gave me feedback. And Ryan, you're a true gem. I can't wait till you come back to Austin and we can all go get drinks together. And number three, my darling sister, Megan, who is online at Megan Men's. You heard her voice in the intro and you hear it every week. She has constantly been the person pushing me on social media to keep going to do things that other people say are ridiculous. And she's always supported the idea that more is better when it comes to education and access for information. So to all of you, a huge thanks. We were talking about social media and content creation in Pinnacle the other day, and I was talking about the podcast. And I want to say this podcast was very purposeful. So even though other people may have laughed when I said I wanted to start one, I don't like to fail. I have failed lots of times. Trust me, I have. But I'm a nice little type one anagram. I'm a perfectionist. And if I'm going to put my foot out there, I want to at least know I'm putting the best version there possible. And then if it fails, it's not for lack of trying. So when I said I want to do a podcast, I wanted to start at the beginning. So this is what I tell everybody. So if you want to start a podcast, the first thing to do is identify your goal. What are you trying to achieve with a podcast? Who are you trying to reach? Who is your avatar? So if you haven't heard the concept before, the avatar or your avatar is the person who you are trying to talk to on social media. We should all probably have different avatars, but when we think about this concept, it should be a specific person with a specific problem and you are trying to help their problem. And if a podcast is not helping their problem or they do not consume podcasts, it may not be a great idea to create a podcast because you need to make sure that your avatar is listening and liking podcasts. So that's principle number one. Who is your audience and what do they need help with? An example, my avatar. She's a 30 year old modern millennial woman named Megan. She is high tech, curious about her health, very conscious about the world around her, wants to have a family one day, but not now, but is very interested in knowing what she needs to do in order to preserve her fertility or to start trying for a family in the near future. Okay, so Megan is a modern millennial woman who likes podcasts. Check. Megan wants to learn more about her body, her health, her fertility, her future. Check. Okay, so starting a podcast about fertility or about female empowerment is something Megan may be interested in. That is check number one. Number two, what already exists? What is Megan already listening to? So here is my huge plea to all of you. If you want to start a podcast, Yay, I am so excited. Please tell me what it's going to be and name it. And I can't wait to follow and support you and have you in our podcasters community. But what is your audience or your avatar already consuming? Let's do your research and prepare for this just like you do for everything else. So, what are they doing? What are they listening to? What are they consuming? Go consume the same medium. I'd like to point out that so far I've not told you to buy a microphone, to get recording equipment, to do any of those things. Those things I'm going to circle back at the end. But this stuff is actually more important because I trust that you can do the technical stuff or you can figure that stuff out. How you structure your show and the concept and the goals that you have, that's actually what's going to make it be successful or not. So let's think about that. What that means is when I researched fertility-based podcasts, what I found is that there were a lot of people who were patients or prior patients and people who had gone through infertility sharing their stories, which I really liked. I love that. But I felt like there was a void from a professional voice of somebody who is a board-certified expert speaking on the ins and outs of fertility. So right away, I said, I can do this different also listened to a lot of different episodes and found that I wanted to provide mostly a solo show. One, I'm controlling and that's easier to control. But two, I didn't prefer to consume some of the chattiness that happens in guest episodes. Some shows are totally guests and that's wonderful. But it was a personal choice to me that I wanted to have just certain guests at times And then I also felt like that would highlight these guests more because it's not guest all the time. And so I made the decision that the show would be largely about fertility from a professional standpoint. It would be mostly a solo show with some guest episodes. And that was the starting place for the podcast. Now, I also wanted to talk about life behind the scenes in medicine. And I thought there may be a place for that in the podcast also. Because I talk about that on Instagram and I've always felt like I had two different audiences. Some are other women in medicine or women aspiring to be in medicine. And then there's the infertility community and people who want to learn about their bodies. And there's a huge overlap because as we know, women in medicine have twice the rate of infertility as those who are not. And so I decided to incorporate that side of my life by simply sharing stories of my own and my own journey. So some of my female empowerment episodes are really just things that I've learned, how I've changed along the way, experiences that I've been through, and trying to tell you to be okay being yourself, not to have imposter syndrome, to speak up for yourself, what to do with your burnout, to quit the job, to stop living in contingency. But so that wasn't so much a structured out plan with a lot of thought, It was more that I'm going to sprinkle some of me in between these meaty, science-y fertility topics because I think it'll be more interesting. And I think some of these things apply to you even if you're not in medicine. So it's not just a show about being a doctor. It's a show about being a woman. And that's how I came up with the title, As a Woman. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperature starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience: get your first visit for only five dollars at apostrophe.com/AAW when you use our code AAW. That's a savings of fifteen dollars. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash aaw for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash aaw to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash aaw thank you quince so once you have identified who your avatar is confirmed that they are going to like podcasts you know what their problem is and you've thought through how you're going to fix it, then you're then going to dive into what all exists in your topic already. Once you start consuming those other shows, what gap is there or what are you going to add? There's something for you to add. Because everybody has a different style of how they like receiving information and learning information and giving information. So know what's out there, not to compare yourself, do not do that. But just so you are educated and you can evaluate, why are you different? How are you going to do it? What's going to be unique about you? That step should take you a month at least. A month. So you're not buying microphones and recording episodes. You are researching for success. And another thing that I always recommend is writing down an introduction to your podcast really early on. So a great example is Rupa, the one and only fabulous Rupa Wong, wants to start a podcast, which we're all going to love and I'm so excited. But she messaged me, do you have advice on starting a podcast? And she started to tell me some of her ideas and I had a lot of things to say about it. But what I asked her to do in order to really realize where she wanted to go and who she was trying to reach, I said, forget about the title for a minute. Write down your intro paragraph, right? So if you go to Apple Podcasts, you're going to see a little paragraph. Mine says, join host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, fertility doctor, as she talks about fertility and understanding your body and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So write that down. You have to create that anyway. So go ahead and create your paragraph describing the podcast and make sure that it really is describing what your avatar wants and what you're passionate about and what you want to talk about. From there, come up with a name that gives you growth. So this is one thing that I think is important. So if I had called my podcast a doctor something, something, I'm really limiting my scope because I'm being very narrow. And even though I love the idea of niching down, I want you not to do it on something that's permanent or hard to change. So a title is hard to change, not impossible, but hard. You're branding your podcast. People are going to know it and love it by a name. So think of something that can apply broadly and then use your show description and how you promote it to niche it down. So I chose as a woman because it was a hashtag that I had started using on Instagram Back in the day, when we were creating our own unique hashtags all the time. And I used it frequently to talk about the different struggles I had had as a woman in medicine and as a woman going through infertility. So I felt like it appealed to my audience really broadly and had a lot of growth potential because the truth is, I could have been really wrong about what people wanted to hear. And I'm a huge, huge supporter and proponent of making a plan. I love plans, but being flexible and evaluating your data. So if everybody wants to hear episodes about you being in medical school and nobody's listening to your episodes on fertility, maybe the audience you are attracting is interested in something else and you should cater to the people who do want to come and see you. So having good insight into what is working for your audience is either going to tell you you're not reaching your target audience. So how do you do that? Or what you thought people would want to hear, they don't want to hear. And I honestly didn't know. I expected, here was what I thought. Well, my women empowerment, my life as a woman episodes, those will carry the show. Because that applies to everybody. Everybody can listen to an episode about competence, but who's going to listen to an episode about your period? or? IVF, or egg freezing, those are going to have such a limited reach because you have to have that problem. And I was totally wrong. So I just pulled up the current analytics for the podcast, and these are my most popular episodes. In order of popularity, PCOS, age and fertility, the menstrual cycle, trying to conceive, IVF, fertility and nutrition, naturally infertile, Infertility 101, Plant-Based Nutrition. You guys, those are the top ones. None of those are my Life as a Woman female empowerment episodes. That's amazing. So my podcast actually has a bigger reach on educational fertility episodes. And some of those are meaty, statistical-packed episodes that people... At least they're listening to. I mean, maybe they're not liking them, but they're listening to them. That's what's bringing people to the channel. This brought me immense joy, like immense joy, and it does every time. Actually, this is the first time that I think PCOS has topped the podcast, and it really is sparking joy inside my heart because that's my true passion, and the other episodes existed because I thought it needed them. But the point is, I still like those episodes. They still get thrown in there. But you want to be passionate about what you're talking about, but you also want to see what your audience is interested in and are you attracting the audience that you're needing to. So now I need you to think about, you've got your podcast idea, your goals, your intro statement. You've done some research to know what is already out there. Now we want to come up with a title and start thinking through some of the marketing. Now, one of the best things you can do is already have an established social media presence. That's just the truth. Because you already have an audience interested in what you have to say, and you probably already have an idea of what things they like. If you want to start a podcast and you don't have other social channels, you just open up Instagram and TikTok and you start them right away. You need to get used to using your voice, talking to your audience, in starting that very slow process of organic growth, you have to show up, engage, interact, and follow along with similar people who are in your lane so that you can find where your audience is. So very briefly, same tactic applies. If you're trying to grow on social, you need to go research. Who is your audience and who are they following? What are they reading? How can you comment and engage with those people and help bring their audience to your page in a really good way so you can collaborate together. So for example, if I was just starting right now, I would follow Danielle Jones. So she's an OBGYN and lane similar to mine. And I would make sure I would comment really smartly on her post. As a fertility doctor, I see patients with PCOS all the time, and I love talking them through weight loss options and metabolic syndrome and things to look out for and helping them ovulate and have a baby or whatever. But something that is telling her audience who I am and what I do on my space so that they can decide if they want to come follow me. So growing your other social channels includes showing up very often in the beginning, daily and consistently, making it very clear who you are, have bios that are very smartly worded so that somebody can spend a minute and look at your page and know what you're talking about so they can decide if they want to stay and put out content that is true to you. That's going to be the biggest thing to help you is to go ahead and be engaging and spending time there. The second thing is to make sure, second thing is to think through the look of a podcast. So podcast art is very helpful. It's a tiny little picture and I'm a believer that it's really good if it's somebody's space, especially if you're on social, because that can be recognizable. So something about your person, words, your name, it should be simple. If it's too overwhelming, nobody's going to understand it. Nobody's going to click on it and it should be recognizable. So think about things like what colors you like, what colors do you use in other places? Use simple fonts. Don't go crazy with curvy things that are hard to read. And even though sometimes I think podcast art works really well with, you know, images or pictures or graphics, I really love people pictures, pictures of your faces or one of you or two of you if you choose to do a podcast with a host. Our family photographer and I walked around downtown Austin in January of 2019 and it was really super cold and I told her, I need a picture for the podcast art. And we literally stood in front of every wall, colored wall, building, skyline, this, that, and took pictures of me just looking at the camera. And that's the picture you see in a lot of places. I'm in a black dress, my hair is curly, pink lipstick on, white background. We just walked around Austin. So don't be afraid to find a picture you love about yourself. Go have somebody take one for you and use that to make your art. Now, I made my podcast art in Canva. If you don't have Canva, it is... It's free and it's very easy. You can learn to use Canva. I'm sure there's other options out there too for graphics or I'm sure you can hire somebody if that totally overwhelms you. Mine is not special. It's a picture of me. It has the name as a woman and it has with Natalie Crawford, MD. Very simple. You can have a very simple cover art. Just have it be something that you like that is easy to read because the picture will be so small. And that you feel like represents you. Because that picture and that art is going to get shared all over the place if your podcast and when your podcast is successful. A few marketing launch things before I go into podcast technical advice at the very end. Do not be afraid to lean on the people who love you and support you when you want to launch your show. It's a really big deal. You've worked hard. Pick a date that it's going to launch and tell everybody. I told everybody. Let people celebrate your joy with you, announce it and be proud, make sure people know how to get to it and where they can listen and what your show is going to be about. So don't be afraid to share it with others. Don't be afraid to ask early people to listen to it and get honest feedback. So before my show ever went live, I already said Ryan listened to it, Jason listened to it, Megan listened to it, Renee Paro listened to it. So ask people who you trust and really will give you real advice. What they think and take their advice and think about it and decide if you want to change things for however you want to be represented. But don't be afraid when it's launching to build the day up. May 1st, something exciting is coming. May 1st, a podcast is coming. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research, they're essential, and Ritual knows this. Know my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. Also, be consistent. People love consistency. You want your show to be integrated into their life. And we're all going to have weeks here and there. But pick a day that you can commit to releasing on. It's not that there's a better day to be released than another day. So you don't have to go down some rabbit hole of, should my show come out on Sunday or Tuesday or Friday? Just show up. Show up consistently. Put the show out on the day that you can. My show comes out on Sunday. Because I want to get it done during the week and not think about it. But if I don't, I still have some cush time in the weekend where I can finish editing and getting something out. But that's what works for me and that may not work for you. So pick your day and show up every week so that your audience can learn to count on you. And then they can decide when do they want to listen to that episode and how does it become a part of their world. Technical things. The big decisions are where are you going to record? What are you going to record with? Who is going to edit the podcast? How are you going to host the podcast? So a few things. One, you can watch 1,000 YouTube videos, and I recommend that you watch some YouTube videos on recording a podcast so you can see what makes sense to you. So you have two pieces of homework. Research the content that's already out there in your lane, and then research technically how to do it so you can decide how to do it. Number one, is it going to be just you or you and guests? Number two, is it going to be just you or you and a host? There are no right and wrong answers here. It's all about what's going to fit you the best and what do you think is going to be the most fun and what do you think represents how you want to convey the information? Again, I'm really controlling. It's better for me to be a solo girl 99% of the time, but that may not be you. And so pick what works for you. Then you have to decide based on that information where and how you're going to record. So I record in my closet, which is tiny. I do not have a big closet. We live in a 1960s home and I got rid of some clothes and bought the smallest desk from the container store and put it in a corner and we did pay to have a electrician take one outlet from my bedroom and punch through the wall to put it into the closet only after I had recorded the show for three months kind of proving this wasn't a temporary experiment in the closet. And that in a microphone, that's all the equipment that I bought. I have an ATR2100. It is the simplest podcast mic I think you can buy. I plug it right into my MacBook Pro, and I record in GarageBand. That's the simplest setup that exists. I swear it is. You can have fancier mics. You can record on different types of programs. You can go to a studio and record. You can record and send your whole show to somebody else. There's a lot of different ways that you do it. But for the technical aspect of recording, I record just simply right on my computer and right into GarageBand. I watched YouTube videos on how to edit in GarageBand, so I learned how to edit myself. And it does take some time, especially at the beginning, but you can learn things. I'm controlling, so I like to edit it, especially a lot of the science episodes because I like hearing the facts and making sure that I'm really saying what I mean, I didn't misspeak. There'd be no way that an editor would be able to edit and listen for some of those things also. They could be able to edit out ums and stutters and things like that, but they wouldn't be able to edit content. And so that was a way for me at the beginning to make sure that I was feeling very confident in the information I was putting out there. And now it takes me less time to edit than it would for me to review somebody else's edits. So you learn and you get speedier and faster with things. That's not to say you have to do that. You may have somebody that you want to hire an editor from the beginning because that sounds too overwhelming for you. And that's the way that you can get your show to air by just recording raw footage, sending it off to somebody else, letting them deal with it all. Perfect, amazing, do it. You also have to have a host for the podcast, and this is who is going to... Distribute the show to all the different places people can consume podcasts. Maybe you don't have to have a host. Maybe you can just upload them to all these places yourself. That did not sound like something I wanted to do, and so I use Libsyn. This is not a advertisement for Libsyn or Canva or any of the things that I use. I'm just being honest about what I use. I use Libsyn because I knew people who used it, so they could give me help on it. It was very user friendly and. I've had no issues with it. So that's what I use. I find it very simple because I just upload the episode in one place. I can take it and embed it on my own website and other spots. So that works really well for me. Okay. Do not be afraid to promote your own self and your own content. People have to know to find your podcast and that takes a lot of time. So like everything else, growth will be slow at the beginning and that's okay. Just show up, release episodes, In the very beginning, I would promo with the episode that was coming, coming soon, the podcast, I'll be talking about periods, get ready, period episode coming on Sunday. Then when it would come, I would put it on Twitter and I'd put it on Instagram and I'd put it on Facebook, even though my Facebook is so piddly, because be proud of that content and share it, give it to other people, share it with them and put it in all of your places and understand that it takes time to grow. Now I know it's easy to hear me talk about things when I have over a million downloads and it seems like it was always successful from the beginning, but it took time and it had to grow and what I did is I showed up consistently and put out content and I promoted it and I listened to what my audience wanted and I just kept giving the same thing and I think that you can do that also. When I see podcast episodes in medical school curriculums or when I hear stories of people sharing them in Facebook groups and Reddits. It really warms my heart because I do put a lot of time into this. A podcast is not going to be an overnight success. A podcast is going to take your time. It is also a very intimate way to connect with people. And it's very nice because your content is evergreen. It is going to live on. I recorded some of these episodes two years ago. Some of my most popular episodes were recorded two years ago. And I don't have to keep putting information out I frequently tell people, go listen to the PCOS episode. So it's very nice to do that for yourself. I honestly think this is a medium that is so great for educational information. You may not want to have an educational podcast, and that is of course fine. But I think that in the current modern medical society, it can be really overwhelming to have a lot of facts and choices thrown at you at one time. And so to be able to learn from your own safe space, I think that is really valuable. The short is that if you wanna start a podcast, I'm a huge fan and a supporter and I wanna support you. So definitely let me know when you start it and what it's about and share so we can all share it together. This is just my advice and what I learned myself. Honestly, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I listened to podcasts about podcasts and I watched YouTubes about podcasts and that gave me enough confidence to say if all these people are doing it, I can do it too. And I promise you, you can do it too. I knew nothing about video or audio recording before I started. And then I learned. I dove in. I researched. I learned. And I started. So if this is you, I am wishing you all the best. Thanks, friends, for everything. Thank you for a million downloads on this show. It means more to me than you know. Lots of love.